Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, are people experiencing healings after encounters with ETs and UFOs? Preston Dennett says yes, and he's documented hundreds of cases. ETs actually told these people the purpose of the implants, and it wasn't for tracking. They said they can do tracking in, in other methods. The purpose of the implants, uh, well, one lady was told that it was to measure the level of pollution in her body. Another was told it was to boost her immune system. Another was told it was to keep track of her vital signs. I run into implant reports quite a bit among abductees. So it's, you know, we don't know precisely what they're for, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Paranormal Contractors. Maybe you have a problem and you don't feel comfortable discussing it with friends or coworkers. There's something going on in your home or business and you can't explain it. Maybe it's, dare I say, something paranormal. This is no time to be dealing with amateur ghost hunters. You need to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. They use the latest technology to investigate, authenticate, and remediate your ghost or demon problem. Call 1-866-724-0800. 1-866-724-0800. Or email them at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com. Tell them Richard sent you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Hey, it's Monday, but it's okay. It gets better. Those first five days after the weekend are the hardest. Somebody put that on a t-shirt. Uh, Preston Dennett is standing by to talk about UFO healings. It's a fascinating subject and I can't wait to dive in. But first, I want to give you a heads up that I will be sitting in the big air chair on Coast to Coast AM quite a bit in March, which is just around the corner. So maybe you'll want to jot these down and stick them on your fridge door. Do people still do that? I don't know. Saturday, March the 2nd. 
That's this coming Saturday, Saturday, March the 9th, Friday, March 29th, and Saturday, March 30th. Again, Saturday, March 2nd, Saturday, March 9th, Friday, March 29th, and Saturday, March 30. That's four dates. I'll be your weekend host on Coast to Coast AM, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Pacific. Go to coasttocoastam.com to find an affiliate station near you. Could it be that extraterrestrials are visiting our planet and healing people? That's exactly what UFO investigator Preston Dennett proposes, and I think our conversation may just nudge a few of us into a new reality that beings not of this world are indeed real and that they are here. Hundreds of cases of people being healed of serious afflictions by extraterrestrials are presented in his new book, UFO Healings. These cases are not the whimsical fantasy of an overworked UFO investigator. They are instead cold, hard facts taken from a thorough and complete investigation into the medically validated cases of the phenomenon of ET healing. Preston Dennett began investigating UFOs and the paranormal in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. Since then, Preston has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He's a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and the author of 14 books and more than 100 articles on UFOs and the paranormal. His articles have appeared in numerous magazines, including Fate, Atlantis Rising, MUFON, UFO Journal, Nexus, Paranormal Magazine, UFO Magazine, Mysteries Magazine, Ufologist, and others. His writing has been translated into several different languages, and he's appeared on numerous radio and television programs. Additionally, Preston has taught classes on various paranormal subjects and lectures across the United States. Preston Dennett. Welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. To my knowledge, this is one of the first books, uh, at least that I'm aware of, to address this this fascinating subject, the healing power of UFOs. Uh, are you, in fact, the first to write about this? Uh, I'm the first to put a book together, yeah. There's been some articles, uh, and certainly... I'm going to say pretty much all the major UFO researchers, well, not all, but most for sure, have uncovered cases like these. Uh, it's just not talked about a whole lot. And of the 300 true accounts of people healed by extraterrestrials, how many were you able to speak with? Um, about 10 or 20. I'm, I'm guessing they're probably closer to 20, perhaps even a little bit more. Um, because I've been researching this subject for many years. And uh, this was one of the, I mean, this is the biggest book I've put together. I've written a number of books on this subject of UFOs generally. But this one took an enormous amount of research. And when did you decide it's time? It's time to write a book because we hear about abductions. We hear about cattle mutilations. We hear about the the sinister uh you know, insectoid or reptilian uh, aliens. When did you decide it's time to write a book about the healing power of UFOs? Right. I mean, I think that there is a lot of disinformation in this field and that there is sort of a slant to make ETs look more nefarious than they are. So I felt like it was important to get it out early on. It was actually the subject of my very first book, uh, 
which was about 20 years ago in 1996, called UFO Healings, and that presented 100 cases. So this is sort of a follow-up to that and uh, really kind of presenting the culmination of, of 20 years of research into this particular aspect of UFOs. Is there an outstanding case you'd like to share with us, someone who was maybe healed of an injury or of a serious illness? Um, absolutely. I mean, I've gotten cases from all over the world. One lady in Norway contacted me, and her case I thought was kind of typical. She has no prior association with UFOs. She had a distant sighting once with a large group of people. But at she was at uh, her office, and she injured her back very badly. She was an art director, and uh, she was not able to really continue her employment with this back injury and uh, was at home, woke up one evening and found her bed surrounded by the typical gray type ETs, you know, the short, large head, dark eyes. And she was very frightened, uh, not expecting this, and that she was unable to move as they kind of uh, tossed her around a little bit like a rag doll, she said, flipping her onto her stomach and then sort of doing something to her back. She felt like they were operating on it or putting some sort of instrument against her back. Uh, mind you, I've got about 15 cases of people who've had their back healed, and this is just one of them. And she said that it was very quick. They didn't communicate at all and just filed out afterwards. She jumps up, runs to the window and can see this really eerie orange light, which disappears very quickly, and that's when she notices her back was healed. And in, in what percentage of the cases, roughly, that you document, do people have that type of close encounter where they actually see uh, ETs, maybe in close proximity, performing some sort of, a, I don't know, procedure? Oh, a good portion of them. I'm going to say about mm, 40% maybe 50. There are a number of cases where people will have a UFO just fly over them, send on a beam of light, and that is what affects the cure. That happened to two police officers in Damon, Texas, back in the 1950s. It's a very famous case. One of the officers had a cut on his hand. He had been bitten by his son's baby pet alligator and had this wound. It was all bandaged up. This UFO flies over them, sends down a beam of light. He can actually feel it, and uh, they rush away very scared and pull him to this diner, and that's when he notices his finger isn't hurting at all, pulls off the bandage, and uh, couldn't even tell he had been bit. The wound was completely gone. Uh, this is a actually very well-verified case. This officer was a supervisor of about 40 other officers. He was a manager, so a uh, real great witness. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. 
Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal, but if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. And I mentioned earlier that we hear about abductions and and we hear about um, you know experiments and so forth. Are there have you been able to sort of categorize like which aliens seem to be doing the healings and which aliens tend to be uh, associated with more nefarious encounters? Yeah, actually, it really surprised me when I started you know, looking at who's doing the healing. And it comes from all different types of reported ETs, really. Uh, mostly greys. I'm going to say half the healings maybe uh, come from greys when someone does actually see a humanoid. Uh, beyond that, it's uh, praying mantis type uh, and uh, the human looking. You hear that a lot. And actually, there are actually a couple reptilian uh, reports, which really surprised me because reptilians are generally described as hostile. Right. No. Well, yeah. Can you tell me about the healings involving the reptilians? Uh, there was one case which actually came from John Mack. He interviewed this gentleman named Edward Carlos, who reported multiple healings over the years and one did involve these sort of reptilian like creatures who uh she said took them on board and were healing them of i believe it was sort of an arterial sclerosis uh clotting of the arteries type condition uh he felt uh there's only a few reptilian cases and they're not super well described uh, but by most of them by far really are the grays uh, which i found kind of surprising because the grays really have one of the you know, badder reputations among the ET groups. Sure. Uh, is there any way to verify these these claims? Because it's it's one thing for someone to say, you know, I, well, I was healed. I had I had type two diabetes. I saw a UFO, and now I'm cured. Or I had high blood pressure. But I mean, what kind of uh, right. verification can we can we apply here? Um, there's a good 20 cases, at least, that I think would stand up in a court of law uh, with before and after x-rays. There's two cases involving cysts, uh, which, you know, the investigators were able to obtain the before and after x-rays. Uh, there's a healing of Chagas disease, which is, you know, an infection caused by the bite of a triatimine beetle. And uh, that one's very well verified. There's the case down in... Uh, Brazil of a gentleman who was struck by a beam of light and started to grow a third set of teeth. And he was examined by over 40 doctors, UFO investigators, government officials, uh, another very well-verified case. Uh, so there are, one guy I spoke with, uh, Jim Schaefer, he actually sent me his uh, doctor reports showing how his cancerous tumor on his neck had disappeared. Uh, really baffled the doctors. They were not able to explain it. The doctors often get pretty upset with the patients uh, who, generally speaking, do not tell the doctors what happened to them. Tell me more about that case. What was his encounter like? 
Jim had had a number of counters throughout his life, and uh, at one point, you know, he he realized he was having contact because he kept waking up with scars and bruises and cuts and things like this. He doesn't have a whole lot of conscious contact, however. Uh, He did develop uh, cancer on his neck of the lymph nodes, and uh, I saw the images of the tumor, and uh, it was pretty heavy duty. And he had an encounter with an orb, which sort of entered into his body. And uh, when he went to sleep that night, he still had the tumor. When he woke up the next morning, uh, it was gone. So it was done in a way that he's not aware of. He's had a lot of sort of missing time type incidents. Uh, Not all witnesses know exactly how these healings occur. Uh, Some are, you know, aware during, like, say, an onboard experience, and they're operated on, and they... You know, they're aware of the whole thing. Oh, that's but, interesting. So there there are documented cases where people claim they've actually been taken on board some sort of a craft and a procedure has been performed on them on board. Yeah, I would say in the more, like the cancer cases, there's about 40 documented cases of people who've been healed of cancer. And generally speaking, those involve onboard experiences, some of the more serious diseases. And I mean, I, I tell you, these ETs have cured just about everything from, you know, colds, number of cases of people cured of, you know, the flu, uh, certainly cuts and broken, broken bones and things like this. But serious diseases like diphtheria, tuberculosis, diabetes, uh, you can go down a whole list. And uh, generally speaking, yeah, the more serious the disease, uh, people are t- usually taken on board and not only subjected to instruments, uh, strange alien instruments, usually involving what appear to be lights or lasers. Several of them do report actual operations. I I want to circle back to um, a couple of those things, but I, something that jumped out at me immediately was you mentioned people have been cured of colds and flu, which, uh, you know, the, the immediate question that comes to rise is why would ETs travel perhaps millions of, of miles or light years to cure, <laughs> right. to cure someone from the common cold? Yeah, you know, I've asked that exact question. It's very curious to me. A really interesting case comes from Leonard Stringfield, a uh, well-respected researcher, perhaps best known for crash retrievals. But he interviewed this young gentleman by the name of Chuck Doyle in Florence, Kentucky, uh, who saw a UFO in his backyard. At the time, he was suffering from a severe head cold. He watches this UFO send on a beam of light, which sort of plays across the field and strikes him. You know, realizing this beam was coming towards him, he turns to run. And as soon as this beam strikes him, he can't move. His mind fills up with all these weird symbols and shapes and equations and landscapes. And the beam retracts. He falls to the ground, rushes inside, calls his mom, pulls her out just in time to see the UFO dart away. And, uh, yeah, his cold was gone. May have been an accidental side effect, perhaps, of the beam of light. Because, uh, yeah, I don't, it just doesn't make sense. But there's enough cases. There's a case from Jim Sparks. He, a uh, well-known abductee who's yes. written a book about his experiences. He was cured of the flu. He had the gray-type ETs come right in and cure him of the flu. Got a number of cases like that. He had his lungs cleared out of black tar, uh, he reported. Another person reported the same thing. And the ETs, after they did that, told him, stop smoking. This is not the life we had planned for you. <laughs> so, he, so they actually give medical advice. One lady, she was cured of uh, kidney problems, a kidney failure. 
and the ETs fixed it by sort of coming into her room and just sort of massaging her body in that area for some time. They don't always use uh, technology. They appear to use mind power in some cases. But she was later re-abducted, and the ETs were showing her the inside of her body on these colored screens, which is something I've heard quite a bit, these sort of living color x-rays. And they showed her her liver, and they told her, you have to look at your liver, all this darkness here. You have to stop drinking Diet Coke. It's, it's damaging your liver. So, yeah, they give medical advice in a number of cases. <laughs> do, they, do they write prescriptions? <laughs> There's a case where a guy, California case from Barbara Lamb, uh, he was having problems with his knee. The ETs come in and uh, are manipulating his knee painfully. He's thinking they're hurting him. And they told him, no, we're actually trying to heal you. We're trying to provide a healing here. One of the ETs went into the bathroom, pulled out the pain medication, and brought it to him and started questioning him about its use. So they are aware of you know, our use of drugs. And in a few cases, they do as well administer some sort of uh, medicine, I guess you would call it. But it's it, pretty rare. Has anything ever been left behind from one of these uh, a procedure, let's say, for example, a surgical scar? Uh, you know, sometimes in surgery, uh, it happens that, uh, you know, some gauze is left after, the, you know, they stitch up the wound. They forget the gauze or some forceps or a scalpel. Anything ever been left behind, an empty medicine bottle? Oh, yeah. So a surprising amount of cases have, you know, scars, uh, which are sometimes quite prominent, two inch, three inch or more. Some people have medical conditions, which, you know, main, means that their cuts heal slowly, like diabetes. And still, they will have these fully healed scars. There are some cases, probably the most impressive case of that type is uh, occurred to Jao Valerio. He was a young boy who was suffering from a cerebral aneurysm. Uh, this was, I believe, in Brazil or Peru, somewhere in South America. The case originally comes from Wendell Stevens in his book, UFO at Botucatu, I believe it is. At any rate, uh, the hospital doorman, it turns out, was a UFO contactee. And so he was asked to see if he could ask the aliens if they could cure this boy. And he was given medicine by the ETs, which they gave to this boy, which apparently cured him of this cerebral aneurysm. And they were able to save a portion of this medicine for analysis. Um, there are pictures of it in the book. And there was a chemical analysis made, which didn't really reveal anything other than that the substance was apparently organic and chemically unique. Uh, it melted at body temperature. It had the appearance of sort of uh, raw sugar, they said. Uh, there was another sample as well of a second medicine which was not analyzed. So due to lack of funds, if you can believe that. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's some cases where, where medicine has been left behind. Hi, friends. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. 
Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. Since YouTube demonetized my channel, I need your support more than ever. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. As you're staring up at the night sky, ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard, you know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. UFO investigator and the author of UFO Healings, Preston Dennett, is with me. Is there anything that you've gleaned in terms of, let's call it a common denominator? Is there a you know, specific demographic? Is there a, a, an ethnicity? intergenerational abductees? Um, yeah, I've looked into this quite a bit, actually, and the, the cases stretch back 100 years or come from across the world, so it's nothing really that I can tell based on geographic location, race, religion, or anything like that. Uh, there are young people being healed, very young, some cases involving people in their 60s and 70s. So that's not a factor. Blood type, I couldn't find a factor. The only real pattern I found was in one, people who are already having contact or have a history of you know, intense UFO activity in their lives, they're much more likely to receive a healing. And se secondly, and this is a real loose pattern, but it kept turning up, uh, people who are doing good work for humanity in some way. And by that, I mean, inventors, doctors, teachers, human rights activists, environmentalists, this sort of thing. A perfect example is John Hunter Gray, an award-winning social worker uh, who was, had a healing uh, involving numerous areas of his body. He, after being abducted, he, he grew another two inches, his feet grew in size, his hair started growing thicker, his cuts healed faster, he stopped getting sick, he listed over 20 physiological improvements. Uh, another example is Michael Carter, who was actually commended by President Clinton for his work against racism and his social activism. Uh, he had a healing of a blood clot by human-looking ETs who came into his bedroom and just cured it. So these are what we call, when you mentioned uh, growing hair, of uh, certain appendages growing, these are what we call health upgrades? Yeah, I found this in a number of cases where people didn't receive perhaps a specific healing of a, I mean, they weren't sick at the time. Instead, they come away from their experience uh, stronger, uh, improved in a number of ways, improved vision, uh, improved sense of sight, uh, smell, taste even. Uh, there was a case from R.D. Sixkiller Clark involving a bicyclist, a bike racer who had an abduction experience and Following his experience, he rose right to the top of uh, his field there and was the fastest bicyclist in his area. So, yeah, there's these weird things that they seem to do which uh, improve people's health. And a number of people have told me that they feel that their lives you know, have been extended, their actual lifespan uh, due to their encounters. I met, uh, I met a woman many, many years ago. Uh, she lived on a, an Indian reservation in, uh, in Ontario here. And she claimed after an alien encounter or abduction, I can't remember, the details are a little f foggy, but this I do remember. 
She said that after the encounter, she was able to hold her breath underwater for an extraordinary amount of time. And the other thing was that she, her hands were almost impervious to pain. She could stick a, uh, a, a knife into her hand, not all the way through, but she could poke her hand with a knife and not feel pain. What would, what would be the purpose of that? Like those specific health upgrades uh, she, that's a new one. I haven't heard that. I keep thinking I've heard everything. And, you know, I can't tell you. There was another case where a guy had a, an encounter and he started experiencing binocular vision where he could look off into the distance very close up. So these are perhaps, you know, improvements that they're showing us uh, the potential that we have to improve ourselves. I think there's a lot to learn from these types of accounts for modern medicine. Uh, there really is no such thing as a chronic disease. For one thing, if the ETs are curing AIDS, there's two cases of that and uh, a number of other chronic diseases. So I, you know, I don't know why they're doing this to people. I'll, not everyone who's been cured feels like, oh, they're my friends. Most do or a good portion certainly do. Uh, but some feel like they're just being experimented upon. And perhaps that's what's going on here, at least in some cases. Right. Um what about people that have been healed uh, who also believe that they have some sort of an implant? I'm wondering if there might be a connection. Let's say, for example, you know, I think of, uh, of, uh, of uh, park rangers, uh, for, uh, for example, and or someone who works with, uh, I don't know, the forestry or the fish and wildlife, and they, they, um, they save an injured animal, and then they'll put a collar on it, a radio transmitter collar, so that they can track the animal to make sure that it's okay. Do you think that might be one of the reasons abductees are, are tagged in that way? Yeah, when it comes to implants, we're still largely at the speculative stage. Uh, I have talked to at least three abductees and have read it in an equal number of cases that uh, the ETs actually told these people the purpose of the implants, and it wasn't for tracking. They said they can do tracking in, in other methods. The purpose of the implants, uh, well, one lady was told that it was to measure the level of pollution in her body. Another was told it was to boost her immune system. Another was told it was to keep track of her vital signs and, you know, keep track of her health. I know there's a case in England where a gentleman feels the same way that his uh, implant is boosting his health. I run into implant reports quite a bit among abductees, so it's, you know, we don't know precisely what they're for, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I do know of some people who have gotten very sick after having an implant removed, so that could be, I mean, pointing towards that these things are beneficial to our health. I, I mentioned animals and saving an injured animal. Are there cases of ETs uh, saving a sick animal? Yeah, and it really surprised me, and there's not a lot. I mean, significantly, I mean, statistically insignificant compared to, you know, the 300 cases. There's, I found about five or seven. Uh, there was one, Ray Hernandez, who, the guy who founded the Free Organization, co-founded it, had an experience where his dog, Nina, was cured of arthritis and uh, apparently an aneurysm. I found another case of a dog who was cured of arthritis, another case of a horse who was apparently cured of uh, hoof disease, a uh, case where two roosters were 
struck by a beam of light during you know a rooster fight uh don't know how much validity to put in all of these cases but certainly some of them i mean the ray hernandez case is outstanding i talked to one lady from arizona uh, who says she was taken on board with her dog and her dog was cured of valley fever which is a fungal infection so yeah it does happen but it's pretty darn rare what about people being uh Rescued, not necessarily cured, but let's say they're—I don't know—they're strand, stranded on a mountaintop, uh, or lost in the desert or at sea. Any any of those types of uh, alien rescues? Yeah, I found a number of cases where people felt that ETs have saved their lives in various ways uh, and helped them. One guy, uh, one lady, says that she saw a UFO and it uh, caused her car to stall. And uh, by the time the UFO left, she was able to get back on the highway. There was a huge accident right in front of her. She felt the ETs prevented her from getting into that accident. Uh, Another lady got stuck on a mountain road and was trying to turn around and actually ended up almost going off the cliff there. And she says she was suddenly approached by these men in black type characters who actually physically lifted her car with their hands, about five of them. Uh, which she could not believe her eyes when they did this, and put her car back on the road. Um, there's a case from RD6 Killer Clark where a giant UFO hovered over a small Mayan village, pro- protecting it from hurricane force winds. Uh, there's another case during a, a huge storm in the Pacific uh, where there was a regatta from New Zealand to Tonga or something like this involving many boats. Uh, where a UFO appeared over one boat and was able to sort of pinpoint it for the rescuers uh, who picked the survivors up shortly before their boat actually sank. So yeah, there's a lot of weird cases like that. Um, One guy had an abduction and the ETs actually told him he was a miner. They told him where he could dig for gold and uh, he actually followed their instructions and uh, found a rich gold vein. So he was helped financially. Uh, a lot of weird cases like that. Uh, how about psychic ability? Has anyone developed psychic ability after an abduction? In, in, are there any cases in your book? Oh, yeah. that's. I devoted a whole chapter to that. I've run into that pretty regularly in my research, particularly with people who have extensive encounters. They come away from their encounters feeling, well, mostly that they have the ability to do psychic healing, uh, Reiki, um, that sort of thing. But it's not just that. Uh, people come away and they feel like they can do psychic readings or channeling. Uh, they start having precognition or astral travel, out-of-body experiences. They come away spiritually transformed uh, and just woken up psychically in a large number of areas sometimes. So yeah, that's definitely, I think, a side effect that is so common. It's You can pretty much, I mean, it's one of the questions I ask of people um, to measure whether or not they're having encounters. A few hundred years ago, uh, people may have described these healings in an entirely different way. They may have talked about uh, angels uh, or some miraculous healing after seeing a blinding light. Uh, Do you think that we're talking about the same things, that these are all attributed to uh, to extraterrestrials? Is it possible that some 
um, most, maybe all, in fact, are some sort of angelic uh, interaction? Uh, it's entirely possible that there's you know, a bleed through there. Um, not sure about you know lumping them all together. Angelic encounters are pretty specific and seem to be a separate phenomena, but one that is easily misinterpreted. I mean, there's a case where a lady had this sort of hooded figure came. She come into her bedroom in New Mexico and cure her of uh, back pain, and she thought, you know, what, you know, is this demonic? Is this, you know, some sort of angelic figure? Uh, she later had a, you know, sort of a missing time experience where she was pulled out of her house through the closed window. So it really now seems to be ETs, but I'm sure that some of this has been misinterpreted. And for that matter, I mean, uh, there's a number of cases where people have been healed as a result of lightning strike, uh, which really surprised me. And it's not just one or two cases, it's 30 or 40 and pretty regularly uh, throughout history. And that could be something that's misinterpreted as a UFO, really, or uh, just, I mean, there are other types of uh, miraculous healings, I think, and it's important to sort of differentiate them and be sure that we're dealing with ETs, because in some cases I think it's other sources. Right, mm -hmm. right. Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated by lightning strikes. We always hear how the destructive power of lightning strikes. We hear about how, uh, you know, a lightning bolt, the energy is, is hotter than the sun, the surface of the sun. Uh, tell me about one or two of these healings from lightning. Uh, yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of research into this. A uh, real famous case is Mary Clamser, who suffered from, I believe it was muscular dystrophy and was struck by lightning and her condition slowly reversed itself. Uh, but there's a number of cases, people who have been cured of deafness, a number of p cases of people who have cured of uh, arthritis. Uh, it's really quite extraordinary how many cases uh, there are. There's not a lot of detail on them. It's, it's really hard to find information on this. But there's a, a guy in Greece, Dr. Panos Papis, who's really made a lifetime study of this and has sort of collected a good 20 or 30 cases, uh, some of which I was able to put in the book. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely a source of healing, but for most people, lightning is bad news, and it's more likely to kill you than heal you. And you're actually more likely to have a UFO encounter, I think, than be struck by lightning. Is there anything about the propulsion, the method of propulsion of a UFO that might aid in healing so that if you're in close proximity of, I don't know, an electromagnetic field, that that may have some effect? That could very well be it. There's Brandon Blackman, a syndicated columnist in New York, had a cut on his hand. He was with a group of people in Prospect Park in New York uh, when a UFO showed up and it just kind of flew around for a little while and took off. And uh, he did not have missing time as far as he's aware or wasn't struck by a beam of light. But when he got home, yeah, his hand was cured. His cut was gone. Uh, I think that, yeah, that does happen in some cases. One thing I would like to point out is I think our government or you know, aspects of our government, perhaps the secret government and other governments throughout the world do have this healing technology. There are enough crashed UFO reports uh, where we know that we probably do have the craft. There's a very strong medical theme that runs through onboard encounter reports. And there are a number of whistleblowers now who say that, yes, we've pulled out healing technology. 
and it is being used uh, by our own government. Then why aren't they sharing it with us? Right? I think, <laughs> well, I, only for the power elite, apparently, at this point. Uh, I'm not sure. I do know that Area 51 has reports coming out of it that people there have been implanted with ET technology to not only boost their health, but to extend their lifespan. So apparently it is being used on some people, but I think you know the ETs and uh, the secret government know better than to just release this healing technology at this time, because it would more than likely be abused by warring nations for one thing, and we already have an overpopulation problem. Uh, it would It's gonna be tricky to get this technology out, uh, but I think at some point it will be released. Do you have enough cases for another book? Uh, I wouldn't surprise me if I start building them up. Uh, I'm still getting contacted by people. And there were many cases I wasn't able to include in the book simply because I wasn't really able to follow up on it. Uh, so I think at some point, yeah, the 300 cases I have in this book is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure of it. I think the, it's much more common. The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People people healed by extraterrestrials how do we get a hold of the book preston uh, it's available on amazon or other online retailers should be available in bookstores too if not you can always ask i have a website uh if you just google my name it'll take you there i've got excerpts and people can contact me as well through the website Preston, thank you so much. Oh, let me spell the name for people who want to Google you. Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N, Dennett, D-E-N-N-E-T-T, D-E-N-N-E-T-T. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll leave you with a few words on what's in store on the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. Many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, we know David from the Old Testament, the shepherd boy who slayed Goliath and went on to become king of Israel. My guest has been investigating the historical origins of the Bible for the last 30 years, and he proposes David's identity may be radically different than what it is described in religious texts. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>